Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Disrupted with a comma and a big D. I wanted to talk pretty quickly today about a couple more things that are just details that you should really pay attention to and might seem kind of counterintuitive. Um, and the first one, I'll just get right into it, is your bench hitters. First of all, I don't have a lot of bench hitters. I don't recommend having a lot of bench hitters. Um, unless you're going to platoon two catchers that are going to play pretty regularly to get 600 at-bats out of your catcher position like no one else will. But anyway, uh, that's a different conversation. Um, but have your bench players. Um, you're not really looking for the best player on the waiver wire. And I'm talking about a... Head-to-head uh, -head league or a rotisserie league, but definitely category leagues. You're not looking for, I don't know, what Yuli Gurriel was before um, before last year. Um, you, and here's why. Yeah, he's got a good average, and he he might get some RBIs because he's batting in the middle of a stacked lineup. You know, fourth, fifth, or sixth. Um, that's all true, but you want to go after the categories of stolen bases and home runs, okay? Because those are the categories, excuse me, that are fewest, right? So if you get a Yuli Gurriel and he bats uh, 320 for you one week, but just while you plug him in, that's not moving the needle on your average, even in a sample size of, you know, 10 or 14 guys. Um, you know, him going, he's not, he can't bat 320 because he didn't have enough at bats. It'd be like, you know, 300 or 333 because he's only going to get 10 or 9 at bats. Um, so him going 3 for 10, you know, it doesn't really move the needle as much as him possibly just stealing one base. And obviously, I'm not talking about Yuli Gurriel stealing one base. So you're going to get the meat of your categories, especially average, from the guys you play every day. All right. But the categories where one of something might make a difference, you know, in a 10 hitter league, you might have 15 home runs and four stolen bases. Right. So if you can get a guy who goes one for nine, and the two times you plug them in and you get a home run uh, and with that one hit, that's probably going to be more valuable, um, you know, over the long haul, maybe not in a rotisserie, but and definitely in a head-to-head, then, then getting a guy going three for 10 doesn't get a home run, but has a slightly better batting average for 10 at-bats. You see what I'm saying? It, it doesn't, the guys on your bench don't affect your runs, your RBIs, your averages nearly as much as if they steal one base. So a guy like Malik Smith, while you definitely shouldn't draft him high, is actually pretty valuable as your second, um, your second bench guy. I would get a better guy than Malik Smith. You do want guys that, you know, are going to get a run or an RBI here or there. Um, but primarily, you want to prioritize that one category where one thing could make a difference. One extra home run um, versus one RBI. Um, it's just, it's like in soccer. 
a goal is much more valuable in soccer than a run is in baseball. Why? Because there are less of them. There are fewer of them, rather. Um, so think about you know home runs and uh, stolen bases as soccer. You know games that at least at least stolen bases is all right. Three to two. You might you might lose or win three to two. You know you'll get the occasional week where it's thirteen to one or whatever because they got a whole bunch of guys and they just come in clusters sometimes. Um, but if you're gonna if you're going to um, have two or three bench guys, I recommend you know a good whatever multi eligible guy uh, that you can plug anywhere that I don't know can do everything a little bit, right? Danny Santana or in the future Nick Solak, right? But after that, your other two guys should be category specialists, and this goes extra uh, for head-to-head -head matchups, um, but I think it also does for, for road rotisserie. If you're talking about how it's going to affect your average, if you got like a Malik Smith who's batting, I don't think anyone expects him to bat even 280, um, and forget about your slugging. If you're in a slugging percentage league or, or OBP, I don't think he walks all too much. Um, think about how many at-bats. What are you going to give him? Eight? Eight at bats tops every week, and that'll that'll end up being um, let's say eight times twenty-five weeks. So that's two hundred exactly. Two hundred at bats, so a half a season or a third of a season of Malik Smith versus you know five hundred, six hundred at bats for nine or ten other guys, especially in a fourteen hitter league. It's just not going to move the needle on your average all that much unless he bats 120, which he won't. But it will affect your stolen bases because in about 200 at-bats or plate appearances, uh, I should probably say plate appearances, for Malik Smith, he's probably going to get you, I don't know, 13 stolen bases, something like that, over the year. Um, and that's pretty dang valuable um, in actually especially in a rotisserie um, but also also in a um, in a head-to-head -head. Um, let, let's use the other example of uh, trying to think of power bats that aren't drafted that are on the waiver wire or whatever at the end of a draft um, I guess like a Renato Nunez he's not really all that useful um, but he hits, you know, fly balls over 45% of the time. Um, and his power looked, his power uh, looked pretty legitimate. Could be a 240 hitter. But, um, you know, 150, 200 at-bats of plugging Renato Nunez in is going to get you more home runs than Yuli Gurriel. Unless, you know, Yuli Gurriel was whatever. Yuli Gurriel is a better player, right? But the the... The runs and the RBI and the average are not going to be difference makers um, from the guys on your bench that you plug in once, twice at tops, three times in a week. Uh, but the home runs and, and the stolen bases are because you might get, I don't know, 13 home runs from uh, Renato Nunez in 200 at bats. Maybe not 13, but, you know, 10, 8, 9, 11. Something like that. Whereas if you have, you know, 2018 Yuli Gurriel in there, you might get three or four. You get a higher average, but it's not like his 290 average is moving your whole team's average up a whole point or anything. It's not. 
do the do the math if you don't trust me it just it doesn't move the needle on average it does move the needle on um, okay so I've mentioned that multiple times so that's that I guess the bottom line is when if you're gonna have bench hitters have them be pointed have a plan don't just get at bats in there and don't get high necessarily high quality you know players or the highest quality players on the waiver wire find out where you're needed or, or where help is needed in your categories and get those guys um, that are that are almost um, one category um, assets uh, yeah now in a standard five by five this is just for a head-to-head -head league I think you shouldn't punt any category and maybe I'll get into it a little bit later but I if you were to punt one it would not be stolen bases in my opinion I would punt average and maybe I'll talk about that later but let's talk about what you should do with stolen bases if you don't have one of the one of these guys that steals uh, 30 or 40 bags and I don't know what are there five six of them um, then and there aren't too many prospects coming up that are going to steal, you know, 30 bags or more. Or you can you can pretty much bank on 30 or more. So here's what I think you should do. And, well, let me tell you the, the, the thought process behind it first. It's the most variable. It's my analogy to soccer. I always wonder, and I know that talent wins out and... But you ever notice in, not soccer, because I don't know jack shit about soccer, but in hockey, the 8 seed, the 7 seed sometimes makes it to the finals, the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference finals. In, in, in hockey, the 1 seed is not guaranteed anything. The Canadiens were the 1 seed last year. They lost in the first round. Um, it happens all the time, and that's because the results um, of a hockey game are based on an incredibly small sample size. Now, yes, it's based on each individual play, even if a score, a goal doesn't happen, um, and the general whatever play of your player, um, quality of, of play of your players, but it just comes down to goals. So if a lucky goal, um, if you get your team gets a lucky goal, then you're up, you know? <laughs> You know what I mean, and and you're only going to be scoring, you know, zero to six goals, uh, depending on the year in hockey. So you can have the worst team win. It's just a, it's just a fact of math. The lower the sample size, the more outliers you're going to find. The bigger the sample size, um, the more true the results are going to be. And that's why, um, in you know, so so hockey games are stolen bases. Okay, this is the analogy. Whereas um, you know, runs and RBI um, are basketball games. Like, you know who the leaders are going to be. And the one seed in basketball, I don't believe, has ever lost to an eight seed. Or maybe it has happened a couple times. But because the sample size is so much, they're scoring 50, 60 times a game. Um, so, you know, a hockey game might be three to two, but really the team who scored two was better one goal determined it. In basketball, you can't hide who's better and who's worse because there are, there's so much scoring. Um, 
on, on both sides. That's just how the game is. So, and that happens in football too. You almost always know who's going to be in the NBA Finals. Just like you almost always know about how many RBI, um, you know, a player's going to knock in. Arenado's going to knock in 110 or more. All right. You, you just know who the guys are. Um, whereas, yeah, okay, so you get the analogy. So stolen bases are hockey. So if you completely punt, like completely, excuse me, punt on stolen bases, like your team of 10 guys is projected to steal 10 bases or 15 bases, I would consider that punting, then you probably... You're gonna your your average is to get 0.6 stolen bases a week, and you're probably not going to win any week in stolen bases. You might tie one 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 week, you might tie zero zero another week, but that's negligible out of 25 weeks. However, if you do have one guy who can steal 25 or two guys who can steal 25, that's that gives you an opportunity to accidentally tie or or um, win certain weeks. And much like in hockey, if your team is projected to get 53 stolen bases and the other team is projected to get 130 stolen bases, you're going to win some weeks. It's, it's not going to be a zero because uh, it's such a small sample size and therefore... Uh, and also the sample of stolen bases is not evenly distributed. So it's not like you're going to get two stolen bases every week with 25 weeks and 50 stolen bases projected for your team. And the other team isn't going to get five. There are going to be some weeks where they get 11, which means just by natural law of randomness, there are going to be some weeks where they get one or two. So I would quasi punt steals because stolen bases are so unbelievably um, overrated. I mean, are unbelievably um, um, expensive and therefore overrated. Um, even in just five category leagues, uh, you're going to end up with just totally average stolen base guys with not a lot of expense being paid to it with a John Birdie, with a Garrett Hampson or something, two late round picks. You're going to end up having two stolen base guys who you plug and play so they're not going to get their full 30 each throughout the year. Um, but you're going to end up, you know, winning, I don't know, maybe a third of the categories. And that's valuable to win 30% more of one category. So you end up getting, I don't know, eight categories that you win uh, out of out of the 25 stolen base weeks. Whereas if you completely punt, you know, you're basically at one or two. Um, and that's valuable for a very low cost. It, it, you should not be relying and sacrificing the other categories. You shouldn't be relying on your starters to contribute to a category that is incredibly expensive because if you're relying on your starters, then you've drafted that guy or you've paid for that guy and we know the price that comes along with his skill set of stolen bases is too expensive and inefficient. Um, it kind of goes along with perfectly with my last... Um, my last uh, piece about having category um, specialists as your bench guys because they're not significantly contributing to um, average and your other categories. 
you want three guys that can get you up to a hundred stolen bases if they, you know, if you played them the whole year. John Birdie, uh, Garrett Hampson, Nick Madrigal, Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond's going like 160. He's not really a late round uh, guy. Uh, Jared Mateo. He's going to play some. He's not guaranteed to be the second baseman for the A's. I think it's Jared, but he can steal bases. He's got elite speed. You know, these guys are totally, totally inexpensive, um, but they significantly impact one category. Um, and if you have a team that has 150 stolen bases, you have a bad offensive team. I can't think of, I mean, unless you have Jose Ramirez, unless you're in an auction and you go studs and duds. Because in order to get 150 stolen bases, you got to have some players who can't do other things, like Trey Turner and, uh, you know, Malik Smith or whatever. But if, you know, unless you have Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez, Ronald Acuna, Christian Yelich, you know, whatever. Um, I don't say Yelich. Um, Oops. And everyone is so obsessed with stolen bases. It's one category. So if your opponent is projected to get about, I don't know, 120, 130 stolen bases, and you're projected to go 60, you should feel good about the fact that unless they have those studs, they're guys who are giving them a distinct category and in a, a highly variable category week to week are very likely deficient in or average in other categories. Um, it's really interesting. If you had if you had Trey Turner's numbers, okay, but instead of stolen bases, you put that to five, uh, 45 stolen bases, you put it to five, but the batting average was three consistently, you could bank on three 330. So a guy who bats 330 with 19 home runs, like 70 RBI and 110 runs, would that guy go 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th overall? You know, and why not? Uh, because he's dominating a category, um, one category and, and deficient in others. So I, you know, actually that's not a great example because the way that one player can dominate one category um, is different for each category. So stolen bases, you could win just because of one guy. Whereas you, it, it would probably be the equivalent of batting like 360 or something. Um, but still, uh, that that is vastly overpriced. You can get um, fill-ins to do it, uh, your bench guys to uh, to produce those 45 home runs. I mean, just ask uh, stolen bases. Just ask yourself, what would Trey Turner be if he stole five bases a year? He's a 285 hitter, 345 OBP. Doesn't walk a ton. He's got like uh, what is it, a 470, 480, 490 um, uh, slugging. He gets about 70 runs if he plays uh, RBI. If he plays a full year, 110 runs and 19 or 20 home runs. What is that? If if that's a that's a bad version, if there are no stolen bases, of DJ LeMahieu, a really bad version, because this guy's gonna bat 285 and LeMahieu's gonna bat, you know, 300. Um, something to think about.